How's everybody doing? You guys are looking good today. I tell you, we had a good first service and we have a good looking second service. I'll just say y'all are better looking. But you don't know what I said in first service, so <laughs> just kidding. Hope you all are doing well. I want to um, take a moment to introduce some good friends of mine that are here from Milwaukee. And uh, if I could have Am Amos and Donna stand up and give us a wave. They are elders at my brother's church in Milwaukee. <laughs> Amos just had a birthday. 20 again? I know. <laughs> anyway, they have a beautiful, they're elders at my brother's church, and uh, we're so glad you guys are here today. And uh, Donna's been with us for the last few weeks. She's been sneaking in with some family, but her husband got to come. So glad you guys are here today. I'd steal them, but they're at my brother's church, so, you know, i got to keep it cool. But anyway, <laughs> well, I'm excited about today. You know, uh, Faith Builders Church, God gave me a word for our church going into this year. And when I say year, I don't really mean the calendar year, but in this season, I believe, that we're living in is a season of jubilee. And I truly believe that with all my heart, every year I ask the Lord, what are you doing at Faith Builders? And, and this is everywhere, but just really a specific word for our church is, um, you know, God, what do you want for this body and for this area? And God really, it took a while. It didn't happen like on January 1st. I'm like, Lord, I need this word for my church. But it took a little while. But the Lord really prompted in my spirit that we as the church are moving into a supernatural season. And again, not just our church, but the church of Jesus Christ. We're moving into a supernatural time that we've not seen in, in uh, the world in a long time. And it is Jubilee. And Jubilee brings uh, restoration of relationships. It brings us back to family members that maybe have been separated. It, it is a debt cancellation anointing. Somebody shout amen. We like that part of it. Uh, there is restoration, things that were lost, things that were stolen. The enemy has to give it back to you. And I truly believe we are walking in that supernatural season. And so God has really challenged me to uh, build up your faith in this season. And let's all get focused and let's hit a target this year of really dealing with the things in our life that keep us away from Jubilee. You know, in the word, because of our covenant in Christ, we should walk in Jubilee every day of our life. Because of the new covenant. But there's things that hold us back. And so the last few weeks we've been talking about the mind and the things that really we've got to deal with in our mind. And uh, the Lord gave me this message literally yesterday because I was seeking God on where to take us on this journey. And God led me to the story of David and Goliath. And we all know that story. And he brought the great giant down. And it was supernatural. But as I was studying it, the Lord began to show me the journey, David's journey to Goliath. Because there was a journey. David didn't just show up on the scene and take Goliath out. And there's times in our life that we have things that we're facing. And there are giants that are in front of us that are keeping us away from the overflow of God. In whatever area of it is, favor, blessings, relationship, your marriage, your children, there is a place God wants to take you in incredible overflow in this year. But we've got to be willing to face the Goliath, the things that scream at us the loudest, the thing that is the bully in our heart. You know, it's that thing that nobody may know about but you go to bed troubled with. Or you wake up in the morning and you're troubled with. It's that thing that keeps us in this merry-go-round in our relationship with Jesus. Or keeps us where we just start getting that breakthrough and something sabotages it. 
It's a Goliath mentality. And God wants us to break that down this year. And David did not just show up and say, I'm going to take out Goliath. He had a journey. And not only his personal journey, but he had a lot of opposition along the way. And as you are taking this journey and saying, God, I'm declaring jubilee over my family and my children and my business and my church and my city, we have to get ready. Because the enemy's not going to be happy when you try to take your territory. He doesn't want you to have freedom. He wants you to be bound in fear, held in captivity of your past and your mistakes. But where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. And the jubilee is liberty, then that's where God is taking us. Amen. So we're going to look at this journey of David today. And hopefully you'll see some new things about his life. And in 1 Samuel 17, I want to set up the story before this part where he faces Goliath. Not... Too far before this, it's a chapter, I don't know the time frame, but David was anointed king. Now David was just a little boy that was not looked, he was looked over. His whole family prepared this great celebration to find a, a son that was to be anointed king. Samuel came to pick one of Jesse's sons and everybody got ready, everybody looked good, everybody smelled good, but nobody included David to the party. He did not get the invitation. But God had a call on David's life. And so we fast forward. David at this point gets anointed king. And I'm going to do my best to do a good illustration this morning. And I have doctors writing. But I'm going to do really good today. I'm going to try my best to write clear. <laughs> so we've got David. That's not too bad, is it? It's better than first service if you were here, trust me. So David was anointed. Everybody say anointed. He was anointed king. He was bypassed everybody, and God chose him. And what you have to understand today, to get your jubilee, you get it through covenant. It's not about how good you are or how perfect you are. David was anointed king, but he didn't take the seat of position yet. He, but he was anointed it. And so you have to know when you're in Christ Jesus, you have been anointed with full authority, full power. And listen, you have been hemmed in the covenant of the blessing of God. So no matter what comes along the way, you are still in covenant with the Father. It doesn't matter what the enemy throws your way. It doesn't matter what circumstance you face. You are in covenant. You've been anointed as a woman of God and as a man of God, as the prophet and priest of your home. Amen. And so David was anointed king, but David didn't take the throne right away. And it's this journey from where he was anointed to where he had to go back to living an ordinary life. He didn't get to have the crown on and take the, take the throne. Matter of fact, we'll read here in scripture, he became an errand boy once again. Now, I don't know about you. I have a little bit of flesh in me. But if I was anointed queen of the, you know, I'm not going to carry a lunch bucket anywhere. I'm going to be like, I'm the queen now. You carry stuff for me. But we have to realize that on this journey, there's things we're going to have to carry along the way. And we'll find a place to put them down. But you can't feel beneath because you're still carrying some of the stuff you wish you didn't have. David was carrying a basket that he probably didn't want to carry. He probably, imagine that journey from getting anointed king before all of his brothers. And then he has to go bring them their lunch. 
And I don't know how far the journey was from his, his dad's house to the battle, but I can imagine the conversation he was having with himself. Like, who does my dad think he is? I'm the king, and i got to carry this rotten, stinking lunch to my worthless brothers who don't care about me anyway. But, you know, David didn't do that because we see a man who was humble. That even though he had to carry himself, carry some things that he didn't want to carry, he showed up. And what he didn't know, the anointing that he was anointed with was about to show off. So you may be going through some things that are hard and challenging, and you've been called by God, but God's about to show off. You don't know in this journey where you don't see God, but God's about to give you the anointing to take out the Goliath of your life. It's time to take out that giant, amen, of defeat and, and low self-esteem and worthlessness and all those lies of the enemy. No, you've been bought by the blood of the Lamb. You have the King of kings living in you, amen. You've got the Holy Spirit of God. And so here's simple little David, and he's on this journey to just please the Father. And so in chapter 17, we know that Goliath shows up on the scene. We've got all the armies. Saul is there, and all the, the uh, captains of the armies are there. And we see in verse 17, when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, that was Goliath, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Why? Because they weren't prepared to know God was in the battle. They were trying to fight Goliath with their own suited armor and their weapons, and they forgot their covenant as the Israelites that God was on their side. And not only did they, but the entire army forgot that God was on their side. And how many times in our walk with God do we forget God is on my side? That God fights the battle for me. That God anoints me and equips me to take out the Goliaths and the discouraging things in my life. Why? Because of covenant. Not for any other reason, but because I'm in covenant with the Father. And so go down to verse 16. It says this. And the Philistines drew near and presented himself 40 days and 40 nights, morning and evening. It's that Goliath in your life that has become constant in your life. And it may be even the voice that you're just accustomed to listening to. Because when you hear something enough, it becomes a truth to you and you don't recognize it that it's actually a lie. And we listen to that Philistine and we believe that Philistine and we wither away from the great things that God has. The great marriage, the great friendship, the breakthrough, the prosperity, a great company, whatever it is. We limit because we listen to what the voice of Goliath says in our life. But you've been anointed by God. And you have to see who God says that you are in the word of God, amen, so that you can receive the overflow of this blessing. And so what happens in verse 17, then Jesse said to his son David, take now for your brothers an ephah of this dried grain and these ten loaves and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousands and see how your brothers fare and bring news of them back to me. What a meaningless task for David and how he must have felt that, Dad, you still care only about my brothers and you don't care about me. How many has ever felt God has treated you that way? Don't raise your hands. You see other people blessed. You see other people's marriages. You see their kids maybe look good, but all kids are crazy, just so you know. Right? And we think, God, you still aren't looking at me. 
you still don't see me and what I desire and what I'm going through and what I'm longing for in my life. But God does. But sometimes we have to carry those things by faith and walk and know that God is with me. I'm in covenant with the Father. He's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. And I'll keep following him no matter what it looks like. Because I'm going to trust God that on this journey, I'm coming to the other side. On this journey, I'm going to set this basket down and I'm going to fulfill what God has called in my life. Amen. And so here he goes. And so verse 22, what I want you to see, he's got his lunch baskets. And David in verse 22 left his supplies in the hand of the supplier. He showed up on the field. And what did he do next? He ran to the army. What we have to do, you may be carrying some stuff, but it's time to put them down and run towards the giant. There are things that we got to run at and we got to run at scared sometimes. We got to run at screaming at the enemy. I said in first service, my first nature, and I'm kind of God, God, glad God gave it to me, and other times it's frustrating. But when I feel opposition, there's this thing in me that says, no way, you're not going to win. I literally run at the devil like, Rah! you know, I feel so small and insignificant, but I run at it with Jesus. And that's what we need to do in this season of this giant, say enough is enough. I'm not going to sabotage my future anymore. I'm not going to sabotage my marriage, my destiny, God's plan for my life. Rah, here I come, devil. Put the things down that are holding you back and run with the anointing and the covenant of God because God is on your side. I don't care how small you feel because I'm going to tell you when David showed up here, he was already rejected. He was already insignificant. Nobody cared about David. But David showed up, could care less what anybody thought. He said, that Philistine is coming against the armies of the living God. Amen. What was David trying to do? David was trying, all he wanted to do was fight for Israel's victory. That's all he wanted. I just want to take out Goliath so that God can be glorified and we can all walk in victory. But what was happening? Everybody was fighting against David. When you stand up against the giants of your life, I will promise you everything will try to come against you. And if you don't know who you are and your covenant, you will let those things determine who you are. So let's, let's look at some of those things today. So David shows up, and in verse 24, it says this, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, David, well, wait a minute, I'm king. Like, you know, I probably would have said that. I'm not just a woman, right? I, they fled from him, and they were dreadfully afraid. All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, excuse me, I'm sorry, that's talking about Goliath. When they saw Goliath, fled from him, and they were dreadfully afraid. What was happening? They were all still terrified about Goliath. Verse 25, so the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up against us? What were they doing? They were so busy looking at the enemy of defeat that they couldn't see God. Have you seen that giant? I mean, don't you see what I'm dealing with here? And how many of us in our life have given too much attention to the enemy? You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know where I've been. You don't know my struggle. And we're looking at Goliath and giving it glory and honor instead of saying, no, I've got the great I am on my side. I don't care what I've been through. I know that God is here to fight the battle with me. We've got to get our eyes off that giant and we've got to get it back up on God. You can overcome everything 
everything because of the covenant of God. There is nothing that can hold you back unless you allow it to. Amen. Amen. It's time to kick some devils out of our hearts. Devils out of our soul and out of our minds. Let's get it out of there and see what God sees in this season. Because I'm telling you, supernatural is opening up over your life. There is a supernatural uh, um, manifestation of God coming to your home, to, to the church, and in the world. It is coming, I promise you. All right, so have you seen? Let's go over to verse, keep going. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches and will give him his daughters and give his father's house exemption of the taxes of Israel. But listen, David wasn't there for a reward. When you're facing your giant, don't worry about if something comes or doesn't come. That's not what you're fighting the battle for. You're just going to take out Goliath. You're going to take out that giant. If God does a miracle, praise God. And if I don't have it yet, praise God. I took down the giant. Amen. Okay, let's keep going. Then David spoke to the men who stood by saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the approach from Israel? And then he goes on to say, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David didn't care what the reward was. His heart was, who is this to come into our life and destroy us? And that's where you have to get as believers. Who are you to come into my home, take away what God has laid out for me and my family and this new place of victory? Who are you? We've got to rise up. I don't care how small you feel. Rise up in the spirit of the living God. Who is this giant? I'm not going to look like they look. I'm going to see how God sees. That God is with me in this battle. And so what happened next? And the people answered him in this manner, so shall it be for the man who kills him. Now what happens next? His brother, now Eliab, who was the oldest, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger aroused against David. Now we're going to look at this Eliab, which is his brother, which is very close to him. And you have to remember, Eliab was the oldest, and he is the one who should have been anointed king. So he's already got some issues with David. And he probably thought, oh, he was anointed, but he's just back in the field with the sheep again. He's just carrying dad's, you know, he's an errand boy for dad. So it's still good, right? And Eliab, he was like your golden child, if you will. He was a musician, right? He got all the education. He was a warrior in battle, not at this point, but he had been. He had superiority. He was in charge of the tribe of Zembulun. Like he had some authority in his life. And here's Eli, Eliab acting like he's somebody and David shows up walking in who he is in God. And he didn't like it. And his anger rose up against David coming from the past and even right now like that little snot nose is going to show up again when I I'm the one in charge of this battle who does that little punk think he is how many have ever had the voice of the enemy tell you that how dare you serve God you're nothing but worthless you're just a little punk the things that he dealt with Eliab was jealousy he was jealous of him what else did he deal with? He dealt with false, false accusations. It goes on to say, his anger arose against David and he said, why did you come here? And with whom have you left those few sheep with? What was he doing? He was demeaning him. 
It was making him feel worthless. And what I want you to understand about Eliab, Eliab was his brother. And the enemy will always use the people closest to you to hurt you. Especially when you're saying, I'm going to serve Jesus now. I'm going to believe for my marriage. I'm believing to be debt free. And there's going to be people that are close to you who are going to get jealous with the freedom you're trying to find. Who are going to false accuse you, which we'll read in just a minute. Make you feel like you ain't never going to be that. And I'm going to tell you, the hardest thing to stand up to is people that you are close to. Because they know your story. They know your mistakes. And you know they know. So you allow that worthlessness and that failure and how small you feel to let their truth be your truth. And the reason why the closest ones hurts is because I care about them. If it was somebody I didn't know, I wouldn't care. I'd be like, I'll just write a nasty post on Facebook about you. <laughs> I don't do that. I'm just kidding. But you can do that. But if it's my brother, if it's one of my close friends, that hurts. And I think I almost would have tripped up right here. I think I almost would have been like, if my dad don't believe in me, I don't know, I might have taken that lunchbox and go right back home. But see, David didn't care about any of that. He knew the spirit of Eliab. And he wasn't going to, because remember, he was anointed king. So there was this anointing that he was stepping into that he didn't fully understand. Like, why do I care? Why do I want to fight this giant? Because the anointing of God will drive you to deal with the giants in your life. No longer can you settle for anything less. He had to rise up in that moment. And so no matter what he said about him, it wasn't going to stop him. And so in verse uh, 28, let's keep going. Who, who, who's those few sheep you left in the wilderness? You know what his brother didn't know about him? He didn't know what he did with those sheep. He didn't know what he did on the dark side when nobody else was looking. See, he had to face this moment that no one believed in him. Because sometimes you have to stand on your own and just find out who you are even if nobody supports you. David stood there alone as a little boy. He was like 13 or 14 at this time. But he's had to stand up when even no one believed in him. Right? No one knew his heart. No one knew him on the backside, And nobody saw his battles. They didn't know what he went through. They didn't know that he killed the lion and the bear. They didn't know that he, he took a lamb out of the mouth of a lion and then destroyed the lion. They didn't know the nights that he worshipped God and cried alone. They didn't know the nights that he was faithful. They didn't know the nights that he was alone. They didn't know what happened on the dark side. And when you are alone and nobody's looking, that's where you find out who God is. That's when you learn the covenant of God is in the dark on the other side. And when you learn it, when nobody's looking, you'll rise up when all eyes are on you. And you'll be like, I praise God in the dark. I'm going to praise God in the light. <laughs> Why? Because I did it privately. So many of you have been faithful to God. And you've been tithing when it was hard to tithe. And you showed up at the post to serve when it was hard to show up. And you had to go through some trials. And it's in that moment that I'm telling you, God is preparing you to face the giant of your life. Because you're passing the test. 
Somebody say A+. Plus. I like A plus on my papers. I didn't get A pluses often. I love Jesus, but I did not like school. I'd rather socialize. I had my own, I was telling one of the girls last week, I had my own, in fourth grade, I had a little girls club called the Pepsi Girl Club. You know, I had a club, I did. And we had a cheer and a dance, and we had little uh, secret stations in the classroom the teachers didn't know about, and we'd leave notes to each other, and... See, I was called to be like a gatherer. That was my anointing. <laughs> anyway, so far off the track. Where am I? <laughs> but here's David. He was demeaned. So when you're being faithful, that's where I'm at. When you're being faithful and you're showing up, God is developing that covenant. And that's where he's hemming you in. He's hemming you in for a such a time as this moment. That you're going to be so, you'll have the anointing and courage to face something you've never been able to win. And God is placing us in this seasons to take those things out. God doesn't want us to continue facing those things that have tormented us. Why should we have the things in our life that we hate to remain there when we've been given anointing to overcome them? Amen. And so what else did his brother say? And he said, and I know your pride and the insolence of your heart. That means, I know your evil heart, David. And in reality, the enemy, his brother was the one that was full of pride. His brother was the one with the yucky heart. But he wanted to accuse him, I know what you've done in your past. I know your experience. I know what you said to that person. What was happening? The enemy was trying to take David out before he could take the giant out. And this is where we've got to get our mind renewed. This is where we've got to get our soul in line with the word of God. And don't let these things determine your place of victory. Because David did it too. He was nobody except chosen by God. Amen. That's all of us sitting in this room. We are nobody except by his grace and his mercy. Amen. Every one of us have been given that same grace. And I know the pride and the evil of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. He's still thinking selfishly about himself. Now I want you to see here the next thing that David says. This is so cool. He's facing his brother. He's facing this opposition. And in the next verse 30, it says this. Then he turned from, oh, I'm sorry, 29. And David said, what have I done now? <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Is there not a cause for me to be here? In verse 30, he said this. And he turned from him. What did he do? Eliab's coming at him. Eliab's making him feel worthless. He was embarrassed. He felt, tried to make him feel ashamed. And David's like this. He turned his back. You're going to have to turn your back on the enemy in this day. You have to turn your back and say, I don't hear you. I don't know you. You're not a part of my life. Can I have some water, please? I'm going to, and what did he say? And um, I'm going to turn towards him, towards another. And what did he do? He said the same thing. What did he say? Who is this Philistine to defy the armies of the living God? I don't care what you have to say, Eliab. What is God saying? Who is here to arise? Turn your back on that thing and say the same thing. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm anointed. I'm called by God. I'm hemmed in by his covenant. And you declare what God has to say. Amen. Why? Because you're in covenant with God 
Forget worrying about what family thinks. Forget worrying about what those things are close to. You have a giant to take out. And that giant was for generations to come. When you take it out, your children will never face Goliath. My dad took out some Goliaths in my life. And I am so glad I didn't have to face those. Now, I had some of my own, right? And your children will have some of their own. But the big ones, you'll teach your children how to take out that Goliath and create a legacy. Amen. So he turned towards from him and towards another and said the same thing. Verse 31. Now, when the words of which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul. And Saul sent for them. Now, what I want you to see is here's David trying to just get victory to the children, of the, yeah, the army of Israel. And even the army turned on him. They actually went and tattletailed on him. They ran to Saul. And what I want you to see that even things on the side around you are going to try to come to you. Family and things around you are going to try to come and make you feel like you are nothing and you are nobody. This is a battle that you are going to have to stand for, that you're going to have to stand and fight for, amen, on all sides. So let's keep going. It says this, but David said to Saul, no, I'm sorry, go up, verse 32. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistines. Now think about this. David is standing with King Saul, King Saul, <laughs> This little bitty boy, he's already been embarrassed, he's already been shamed, he's already been said, you're nothing, go back home, little David, with your basket. And yet this little boy is standing before King Saul saying, just let me fight the battle for you. And I can imagine the children of Israel probably peeking through that tent, you know, probably saying, oh, poor David, he's in trouble now. You know, he's going to have to go home with his tail between his leg and the shame that's going to happen to David. But David went before King Saul and he stood strong. He said, listen, let me fight this Philistine for you. David stood strong, not in armor, not in title, not saying I'm the king, but knowing the God that he served. And you're going to have to stand strong, knowing the God that you serve. And what happened? And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistine to fight him, for you are just a youth, and he is a man of war. What was he saying? David, you're just immature. You're not spiritual enough, David. You're not equipped enough. You don't know the Bible well enough. All these things, the enemy comes. You can't go take that Goliath down. You may need Pastor Barb or Pastor Paul or somebody you respect to come and help that giant come down. But you can't do it on your own. See, Saul was trying to demean David. Every step that he took was trying to send him back to where he came from. And that's what the enemy wants to do with us. Okay, let's keep going. Verse 34. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep, I want you to get this. Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it. I went out, David said, I went out after it and I struck it. And delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose up against me, I caught it by its beard. And I struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Seeing he has defied the armies of God. 
David had to step up and say, I did this. There's something you're going to have to do <clears throat> to rise up and you're going to have to do some things. You're going to have to say enough. You're going to have to rise up and step out by faith like David did, which is so incredible. And what the enemy wanted to do is they wanted to surround David so that he couldn't take out Goliath. They wanted to put everything on him to make him feel like he's worthless and he's nothing. But David knew God. David knew God was on his side. He knew that it wasn't about flesh and blood, but it was about a spiritual thing. But David did something when he was reminding Saul. But I want you to look at verse 37, which shows the covenant. He just explained everything he did. But he said, moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion. And the Lord from the paw of the bear. He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. What was David realizing? None of this was going to stop me. I had victory in the past, but I knew it was my covenant with God that hemmed me in from the enemy. See, you can overcome everything when you know you are hemmed in by the covenant of God. Family, outside influences, even people who are in authority who don't believe in you, you are in covenant with God. And he is on your side. And all of this, look at all of this is working in and against David. We face, these, we face these demons in our own hearts. And they fight against us. No matter how much we love God, we walk out the door and we forget the covenant of God. And we let all of these things scream louder at us than we let the voice of God penetrate the truth in our hearts. And that's why we can look around the room or see people that seem to be blessed. How is that happening? They must be special and elite. No, it's people who said, I'm going to hang on to the covenant. I want to fight for the covenant. I'm going to stay faithful to God. I'm going to talk what God talks. I'm going to see what God sees. Because I want the year of Jubilee in my life. How many want that? But you're going to have to fight the inner demons. Uh, a better word to say, but that inner voice, right? He said, God was with me. The Lord delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, and he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And look at what David said in verse 37. And Saul said to David, this is so great, bottom of the screen. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Now, when I've preached that before, it sounds so good. Go and the Lord be with you. And then I looked down and it was kind of like Saul was saying, Go, David, and let God be with you. In other words, he's saying, I'm not with you. My, my army isn't with you. Little David had to walk all by himself out to that little that trench where, where Goliath was. And all of this is working against him. <clears throat> Can you imagine? He's a real person, guys. Major rejection, major belittlement. And he still walked out there knowing that God was with him in the dark all alone. God will be with him today. Why? The anointing came up in David. The call of God came up in David. Something was different this time. Hallelujah. So look at this, verse 38. So Saul clothed David with his armor. I didn't give it to them. We know the next two verses is Saul put his armor on David. 
something that uh, Leah came to me after church, and she, she gave me a cute, a great revelation was that Saul, we know, was very tall. He was head and shoulders above everyone. That's why he was chosen as king. So Saul knew when he gave little David his armor that it wasn't going to fit. It was one more time to be little David in front of everyone. He knew that. I thought, what a great revelation. The enemy will try one last time to make you feel so small to send you back. And, and what, did, what did David say? He put it all on. Verse 39, he said, I cannot walk with these. Listen, to face Goliath, you cannot walk with someone else's experience. You cannot face God with my word today. You have to go get your word from God. You have to get your battle scars on the field, amen. You have to get your time in worship, your time in the word that strengthens you in God. Can't walk with these. Got to get my own experience. Verse 40, and we know he took the staff in his hand, right. He chose five smooth stones. And we know that David took out Goliath. And he won the victory for everyone. But what I want you to see, and I'm going to close with this scripture verse, is what is, what is the covenant? We know it's the forgiveness of God and the blood of Jesus, but what truly hems in that covenant for us? I want you to look at Ephesians 3, verse 14. It says this, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he, God, would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened, this is so powerful, to be strengthened with might, through his spirit, where? In me, in you, the inner man. God wants to strengthen you by his spirit in you, the Holy Spirit in your life. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. What is the covenant? What hems us in everywhere we go when everything is coming against us? The love of God. There's one thing I've always preached since I was a, a youth pastor. I don't know if I did it when I was a children's leader, but I've always told them if I could open you up and put one thing in you, like if God just gave me that permission, it would you to have a revelation of the love of God. Everything comes off of that. If you really don't know God fully loves you in your grossness, in your past, and how you see yourself, you can never build on it unless you know his love. I would never be serving God today if I didn't have everything anchored in his love and his grace and his mercy. He said you have to be rooted and grounded in love that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, and the depth what is the width, the length, and the depth of the love of God? What hems us into this covenant? The love of God. It hems us in, amen. It's time to face these giants. We're going to go towards Jubilee, amen. This is the year of Jubilee for your life. But it's time to take out some of those giants. And listen, you'll have God's grace and mercy to do it. I want to speak to, you know, the men. I, women are, we're, we're emotional. Like, it seems like it's easier for us to get attached to God because of our emotions and, and that side of it. But men, I want you to understand that according to Scripture, the Bible says, no matter how spiritual you think you are, 
or aren't. You're the prophet and priest of your home. So there's a seated position of you as a man that you have this position of God that you hear God and you know God's voice and you know the direction of your family because that's the seated position God has called you. So don't feel like you have to aspire to some great spiritual leader to lead spiritually. You'll get there. You'll learn and you'll grow. And as women, we should give grace and mercy to the husbands that are trying to lead and step up that position. But men, you're called to that position. You have the voice of God and you have the anointing of God to lead your family. Amen. And don't be afraid of that. Something I said in first service was that you, you have your relationship with God your way. That you don't have to go after the things in your life the way I would. I'm an aggressor. God knows that. I attack things. You know, I, uh, I'm just real intense and I'll shout and scream and cry. And, but that's me. But however you are is how you go to God. So you don't have to be a shouter or a screamer or, or jump up and down. or who, It's none of that. It's just coming to God who you are. He created you, you. So just be real with God. That's how you walk in this covenant is just be real with God. Don't look at the ways you look at other people. Well, I have to be that. No, you don't. No, you don't. I tried to be a quiet person. <laughs> I swear I did one day. I'm like, I admire women that are just so quiet. They're so feminine and cute. And I love that. It is not my DNA at all. And I remember one day I, I walked into a party and I'm like, I'm going to be that girl. <laughs> I swear, I'm, like, I'm going to be that girl. I'm going to sit down. I'm just going to be the one quiet in the room. I, it lasted two minutes. I completely forgot I was on an assignment. I was probably jumping off the walls somewhere, the loudest one in the room. And, but that's okay because you have to be yourself. Pray how you want to pray. Talk to God how you want to talk to God. Read how you want to read. You don't have to be put in a box. God knows you. Talk to God in the shower, in the car, on the job. It doesn't matter. Don't be religious about it, right? It's just I need to know God. I need to have a covenant. And how you do that is know him your way. Amen. So I hope that ministers to someone. Father God, I thank you today for this incredible church and people and those listening online, Father God. And Lord, I know you are with us in this season. I know that your anointing is supernatural in this season. And God, we are going to overcome this year. The giants are coming down in the name of Jesus. Stir us up, God. Give us ears to hear what your spirit has to say. Give us courage to walk in your anointing by faith. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen and amen. I love you all so much. Have a blessed day. and I'm gonna...